original recipe episode, Alex. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I just realized I don't even have my headphones on, so I don't know why I'm wearing them. So we'll just take those off. Uh, Daniel couldn't make it. He's busy. Um, so it's Alex and I today. You know, uh, a combination has a voice and a half still. Hopefully, Alex, there is no extra editing for you to do. And I cough my lungs out when I try and introduce a segment this time. It's OK. It's OK. That's my job. Indeed. Indeed. OK. We're going to talk about a few things today. Obviously, the Habs, obviously the Leafs, a 60-goal scorer in the league. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. We're going to talk about Russia officially losing the World Championships, which is feels really late, by the way. Uh, we're going to talk about Boku Imama. We were going to talk about him last episode, but like Doug Wilson a few weeks ago, I forgot to mention it. Shame on me. Uh, Masterton candidates are out. We're going to have that discussion again. Um, maybe a reflection upon teams who have missed the playoffs the NHL player polls are out, Alex. Alex has not seen them. I texted them before the show saying, do not look at them. And that will be fun. But to open the show, Alex. Yeah. Sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say I'm surprised they came out on time. Oh, I know. No power outages oh, and it's on, a, on a Wednesday. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, I love how oh. they have the video and it's all the stars talking. and It's like uh, ridiculous. <laughs> to open the show, though, Alex, yeah. last night, was a big game. It was the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. Vegas fall in the shootout as they did the San Jose game. So they leave uh, they leave two points on the ice. So their playoff hopes are technically still alive, but the math is no longer on their side. AKA the worst thing in sports, they no longer control their own destiny. If Dallas earn a single point in their final two games, they clinch. Um, they have to lose both games in regulation and Vegas need to win both their final two games for the Knights to make it. For anyone who doesn't know, tonight, the Vegas Golden Knights play the Chicago Blackhawks, which you could see them getting a win there. However, the Dallas Stars play the Arizona Coyotes, which credit to them, uh, Arizona did beat Minnesota last night. Um, but then they also play the Anaheim Ducks on Friday when Vegas take on St. Louis. It doesn't look good for Vegas, Alex. It, it doesn't look good for Vegas. So I, I was just thinking, um, imagine, and I'm just creating this scenario in my head. Obviously, it can't happen because this player's not on that team anymore. But imagine if Flurry wasn't traded at the deadline and uh, we're in this situation and essentially, like, Flurry would play an extremely big role in. In Vegas's uh, playoff hope, I, I think that <laughs> that would be that'd be quite a story. Imagine Alan Walsh's response and his tweets about it. If Flurry just puts on a game and stops it, oh. if only, if only. But hey, he's in Minnesota. Minnesota, by the way, my dark horse to win the Stanley Cup. My dark horse. So, yeah, I'm saying that even after the Arizona game, mm-hmm. I like what I'm seeing from uh, from from Minnesota. I really like them a lot. Uh, this is pretty bad for Vegas. Um, listen, they've had Mark Stone back. How healthy is he? We wonder. Pacioretty came back a few games ago. He's been hasn't been quite scoring as much. He's never scored in the big moments though. As Habs fans though. Um, first off, Robin Leonard is officially now done for the season. It sounded like apparently Vegas said, "Hold on a second, because there were some cap issues along with what we talked about last episode, which is kind of weird. Um, more cap issues. You love to see that." He's done for the season. Oh, great. Fantastic. Uh, So they're done for the season. Sorry, uh, they are. Robin Leonard is. Do we think he's done in Vegas? Overall. 
Because that's a sense going around right now. Because it doesn't look like this season ended very well with the relationship, or at least between him and Pete DeBoer, head coach. So that's where that's, I think, the factor for me is, is it a thing between the coach and the player, or is it a thing between the organization and a player? Because remember, they brought in Robin Leonard, even though, like, yes, Marc-Andre Fleury was struggling at the time, but Marc-Andre Fleury was their guy. And they still brought in Robin Leonard and decided to extend him. Yeah, I, I understand like they've had things in the past where they've signed guys and ended up letting them go. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I I'd have to know that first. But I think if it's a coaching thing and <laughs> like, again, I said last episode, I, I don't think that's working. I, I don't think the, the coach and the team are, are meshing. And and I, I just it doesn't seem like the players enjoy like his uh, playing for Vegas and his quotes don't really help him either. Uh, DeBoer's quotes don't really help him in the public light either. So if DeBoer still coach, yeah, no, I think Vegas is, I, sorry, I think Leonard is, is done with Vegas. I do have one quote actually right here. And this is in regards to Robin Leonard. Je- Jesse Granger put this out. Um, it would have been yesterday. Uh, Pete DeBoer and Robin Leonard being out for the season. Quote, the announcement speaks for itself. I'm concerned about the guys that are here battling with us here tonight. Uh, some people took that as a veiled shot at Robin Leonard. I'm not going to go that far. Um, but saying that, battling with us here tonight, if I'm Robin Leonard, I sort of feel like, are you you're, really? You know, it's not like I've been battling with this injured shoulder, I think it is, for the past like month or something. I'm trying to battle and you're just throwing me under the bus. I mean, Pete DeBoer doesn't do himself any favors. And I continue to say the man does not know how to manage goaltenders. And and I guess with that quote, yeah, maybe it's a bit of a stretch to say it was specifically, he's specifically going after Robin Leonard. But I think it's fair to say that that quote, the way he said it, uh, and though I think the way it came out was a little unnecessary. Like I get not the have point said he's making. appreciate Robin battling. Like would that have been so hard. Right. Like in any other way, like he said it, I think it felt to me like in the worst possible way. And mm-hmm. and you know, like, yeah, no, if you if you're gonna do it like be like that, then no, uh, Leonard's done. I, I would be done. I don't like <laughs> well, it just doesn't, you know, he he's uh I feel bad for for goalies in Vegas. Just feel like they've really been appreciated over there, um, which is rich considering the story of how their goaltending magically saved them their first year and got them all the way to the Cup final. And even with Flurry was down, remember the legend of Maxime Legacy or Legacy, whatever. People said it so many different ways. Um, Oscar Dansk was playing games and they were winning. You know the thing that their team really helped them. Oh, my mom just let my dog in. Hello, Carrie. The parents from Carrie, the Golden Knob. Hello, Carrie. How are you? She continues to ignore me, kind of like how Vegas ignore the responsibility of treating their players with respect. Um, you know who else I feel really bad for, by the way, in the world of goaltending? Who? Thompson. Because after both those shootout losses, that kid looked like that he was like carrying the weight of his shoulders. And he was in both those shootouts, both the San Jose one and in uh, Dallas. He only allowed a goal in each. And it was Borderlow and then who had the Dallas one? Haskinen. 
who I was amazed because Haskell never finishes and he had a sweet fake backhander, which was nice. But uh, I feel horrible for that kid because it feels like he must have the weight on his shoulders right now. And, and they're putting him in, in an extremely difficult position where he's what letting in one goal and the team in front of him who uh, I think we've all praised. I mean, I, I've praised uh, many times is, is not, doing the job that they're, that they're there for. And so it's, uh, it's extreme. It must be extremely frustrating and it's not like, and I don't mean this in the, in a bad way, but Logan Thompson should not be, should not be the one who's stopping this team, backstopping this team. I just want to quickly get his numbers up because last time I checked, he was at a 920 save percentage. He's up, he's down to a 918, but that is still this year is is uh, an ex- is almost elite goaltending the way this season has gone. Um, so I mean that guy, he's been doing his job. You, you know who hasn't though, and you know who I don't feel bad for? Jack Eichel. So there is a little video that was going around that he's going, you know, the rest of his teammates, they're, they're consoling Logan Thompson, right? Consoling Logan Thompson. And he just, he has this thing of he rolls his eyes, right? And he did the same thing towards the end of regulation. Here's the big problem I have with, with Jack Eichel, right? Um, rolling your eyes at your goalie, by the way, who feels like he probably single-handedly lost you his season, I think it was just insensitive. It's not what a leader should look like. Um, you know, Jack Eichel, who was the captain of the Buffalo Sabres, I'll remind you. Um, this is a guy who at the end of regulation took a garbage, garbage roughing coincidental call. Um, in his last five games, by the way, I will point out he has one point and it's an assist. This type of time of the year, I get he didn't have a training camp and all that. Didn't score in either of his shootout attempts. I'm just saying that Jack Eichel right now is a massive disappointment. And I think more stress needs to be put on the fact that um, that guy is just not mature enough right now. He just isn't. Uh, and uh, 100%. if I'm a Sabres fan right now, I'm not, ha- I'm, I'm laughing at it. Sure. I don't but, like him. And those Sabres fans should also recognize that it was the failure of their organization. Yeah. He was a captain. Yeah. He was handed $10 million. Uh, Let's remember who handed him $10 million and let's remember who handed him the captaincy. A hundred percent. This is not, this is, I'm not defending Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel should be blamed for lots of this, uh, along with the rest of the guys on that team who are getting paid. Uh, but let's not pretend like the Buffalo Sabres put Jack Eichel in a, um, in a, in a good situation at all. Surrounded by what? Nothing. A bunch of young guys. <laughs> the, the thing that gets me is the eye rolling when like in that moment with your goaltender is just what, what are you doing, man? That is that's like you. That's a, a moody teenager move to do. Like, come on. What are you doing right now? You know, is I'm, this the image you want to give off? Sure. I, I, I'm not I, I'm not disagreeing with that. It, it was immature, but I, like I just I don't think it's fair to. For the guy to come in who's played 32 games with the organization, um, it, it's not like he was brought in and he's the leader of that team. Uh, they have how many captains? They have three other captains that I can think of off the top what, of my what, head. Stone, Stone, Pitrangelo, Pacioretty. He's not yeah. the leader. Like, I get it. And they should be the ones talking to him now and saying, you can't do that. 
but he's not the leader of that team the same way that Buffalo threw him the captaincy and said, here you go. Here's a bunch of other 20, 20 something year olds and kind of figure it out. McDavid was drafted before Matthews, right? Like year, year, year wise, before. obviously they were the year before Matthews. Yeah. Okay. So Matthews has been in the league a shorter amount of time and he's got much more maturity to him. Look, but look at the players he was surrounded with and look at the general manager, the first three years of his or two years of his, of his tenure. That's a fair point. I'll give you that. Lula, yeah, I wouldn't roll my Lamorello. eyes Lamorello either. If yeah, you, that's fair. He wasn't even allowed facial hair, let alone imagine rolling your eyes with and and Mike Babcock and say what you want about Mike Babcock after the fact. But like, it's Mike Babcock. I don't like your family. You're not playing. Right. <laughs> listen, I'm just like last point I'm making on it is listen, Michael, you've been in this league a long time. Um, I'm not giving you crap about the surgery or whatever. That was your choice. That's your body. I'm completely fine with it. But um, listen, you, you're in a, 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 a market that demands excellence. Um, you are a hell of a player. You do make the money. You do. You so I'm not blaming you for taking the contract. I would take an $80 million contract. But do you know what? Uh, the standards are there. And uh, an assist in five games for the most crucial parts of the season is not good enough. And listen. Just stop rolling your eyes. That's all I want. Don't roll your eyes to a goaltender that is on the brink of tears. You know me. I'm a goaltending guy. I don't like blaming goalies. I don't like what I saw from Jack Eichel. Um, but I mean, it's looking at Vegas as a whole, though. It's it's safe to say people said that San Jose game was pretty much the dagger, not getting the full two points. But um, losing to Dallas and not getting that additional point as well. I think it, it, it is not looking good. I think it's fair to say that barring disaster, the Vegas Golden Knights are missing the playoffs for the first time in their short, but uh, colorful history. Yeah. And I mean, like you said before, it's not even in their hands. If Dallas gets a single point tonight against Arizona, pretty possible. It's I, I, no offense, Arizona, but like, that's very likely. And then Anaheim to fall back on, right? Which is you know with all the 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 uh, subtractions they made to core players at the deadline, uh, it's it's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, by the way, uh, so I was shocked when I because I wasn't really because I've been paying so much attention to the NBA playoffs. I took I took a night off of watching basketball last night because I'm like, do you know what? I want to give my full attention to this Anaheim game, right? So I did not notice until the last few minutes that Arizona were winning and then beat the Minnesota Wild. I was not counting on that. But this sets up tonight, if the Montreal Canadiens lose in regulation to the New York Rangers, then the Habs have clinched last place. So uh, let's go Rangers. I can't believe I'm saying that, um, but let's go Rangers. We'll see what happens there. Um uh, we can get to the Montreal Canadiens a little later. Uh, same with the Leafs and that. But how about we look at the NHLPA player poll? Sure. Okay. Alex, you have not seen this. No. Okay. So there are three different categories here. There's the on ice, there's the off ice, and then there's the personality stuff. So okay. first off, Alex. I want you to guess. I'm trying to make it so the first one. Okay, so I'll give you the first category. Um, I don't want to screen share it because then it just gives everything away. Yeah. On ice, if you need one game, so if you need to win one game, 
Who is the one goalie you want on your team? Who do you think is number one in this category from the players? By the way, the NHL um, play, I'm just going to read this one thing, actually. Uh, the NHLPA player poll is back with our 2021-2022 edition. More than 500 NHL players were surveyed on 15 hockey-related questions during the regular season. Players weighed in on a variety of topics, including questions on the most com- complete player, the player they dread facing um, against but admire, best hockey hair, and more. And yeah, the first one. If you need to win one game, who is the one goalie you would want on your team? Who know, do you think the player said? I know in the past it's been price, but I think looking at last year's playoffs, I think Vasilevsky uh, was actually the player poll number one last year. Oh, really? I thought it was. I think he okay. was, yes. Well, I'm going to go with Vasilevsky. Uh, with 37.4% of the vote is Andre Vasilevsky. Guess who's second place with 13.9 is? Uh, is it Carrie Bryce? I don't know. It is. The way the it way you said Carey. it, the way you said it, the way you so said third it. Place is six point, third place is 6.7% Mark Andre Fleury. Carrie okay. Price is 13.9% at second. Yeah. The man has not played and they still have that much confidence. In him. Just want to point that out. Um, John Gibson was at 3.5, 3.1, Markstrom 3.1, quick, Soros 3.1. You see, Soros is far too low. I would like to know when this was taken because I don't see Igor Shosturkin on this list. Yeah. So I, I would like to know exactly when this was was taken. Also, UC Saros, uh, I don't know if you saw, uh, injured last night. That's awful. That is, that's, uh, that is that's, not good. That's uh, not good for, for Nashville, who I think they're playing either Colorado or Calgary, essentially, in the, fir- in the first round. Uh, they're, uh, they're out. They've lost. Uh, wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, the season is done. It's uh, a waste I mean, of eight days. As yeah, just bag your suitcase uh, and go to Mike Fisher's house. Like the season is done. Go to your exactly. vacation. Doesn't exactly. matter. Uh, if you need to win one game, who is the one skater you would want on your team? Sidney Crosby. Uh, he is second with seventeen point three percent. Excuse me. He was second. S- say the say the category again. If you need to win one game, who is the one skater you would want on your team? And it's not Sidney Crosby. It's it's McDavid with 42.4% yeah. of the vote. I get it, okay. but that okay. wide a margin is insane. No offense. McDavid hasn't won anything yet. Like you're gonna you just turn on Sid like that? Hedman was yeah. third with six point seven. That's Barkov three point five and McKinnon three point three. Those are some good shouts, but uh, I mean they know better than us, I guess. Again, I would like to ask when this is taken because there is a lack of 60 goal scorer Austin Matthews on this list. Um, without saying he would overtake Matthew, I would put Sidney Crosby, obviously. Um, but like, even, where the hell is Matthews? Who is the best stick handler in the league? This is actually very interesting because there's someone on here and I thought his teammate would actually be on here. But who is the best stick handler in the league? I'm not surprised who won. Um, it's, it's a significant margin. He had more than half the vote. Why am I blanking here? This oh, is you're bad. gonna feel you're gonna feel silly if you don't get it. You're gonna feel silly. Like I'm going towards Patrick Kane, but like I just feel like that's wrong. You gotta lock in your answer. Man. Okay, I'm gonna lock in my answer, and I'm really upset because now I'm really stumped. This is no, it's Patrick me. Kane. Okay, good, good. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, uh, David was second with twenty two percent. McKinnon yeah. five, Barkov two. Gutro 1.4, Matthews 1.4. I thought Marner would be there. Yeah, so did I. So did Matthews I. isn't so much the dirty dangler than he is a shoot puck. Not saying yeah. he's not good with the stick, obviously, but 
I was surprised that Marner wasn't higher. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, who is the best what? passer in the league? Uh, this one's surprising. I don't think you're going to get it. Because we know this player more as a goal scorer. By the way, he wins by 2% two, 2% of the vote. It's very surprising. And it's not Nicholas Backstrom. He was third. Oh, that was going to be my guess. But, um, no, no, not Backstrom, no. I, I mean, like, there's a part of me that wants to go with Kucherov, but, like, Kucherov is is yes. more of a goal scorer. But, yes. yeah. Uh, he's more of a goal scorer. Yes. Than he is a passer. Patrick Kane is second, by the way. McDavid is fourth. Oh, I was going to go with Patrick Kane. Okay, so no. it's not Patrick Kane. You're giving me the answers here. Kane, um, Kane was up on Backstrom by 0.2%, by the wow. way. Wow. Uh, okay, you know what? I uh, is it uh, uh is it uh Panarin? No, it's it's dry sidle. Okay, okay, yeah, I see what I mean. Also, okay. where the hell is Marner? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I, I just this is weird. This is very skewered. See, Which I was, player, yeah, Sorry, no, I was gonna say as you're listing the names, and then you said he was a goal scorer. I was gonna tr- say Marner, but Marner is not a he is no, a goal no. scorer, even though he has I mean, like 35, you know, 35 goals. goals. I mean, not bad. <laughs> He's not a goal uh, scorer. Which player do you wish you could shoot like? Oh, it's got to be Ovechkin, right? 53% yeah. of the vote. Yeah. Uh, Matthews is second at 24%. Again, I feel like this was done at the beginning of the season. Where was um, where was Line? Third at 3.4. And then Pasternak, Stamkos, then Kucherov, okay. which I thought interesting. was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Kucherov and Stamkos both have both have 1.3%. Yeah. Uh, who is the most sure. complete player? Okay, so it, it's got to be Crosby at one. Um, you, you nailed it. Yeah. It, and yeah. and is Bergeron two? He's three. Oh, is Barkov's two. Barkov is two, yeah. yes. Then McDavid's fourth, which is which is not right. That just, they no, have him as a more complete player than Anzi Kopitar in fifth, which I'm like, I don't, I don't know about McDavid's uh, defense. But don't, don't show uh, Mark Spector. You might get mad. No, no, that's 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 quite wrong. But yeah, no, uh, Sidney Crosby, 29%, Barkov, 20%, Bergeron at 19 Um, Yeah, Barkov, maybe because, you know, Bergeron doesn't have the elite offensive numbers, but man's going to win I the guess. Selkie. This yeah. Year. Oh, yeah. Which NHL arena has the best ice? And it's a significant <laughs> margin again. Um, <laughs> you should get this so easily, dude. Has the best ice? Has the best ice, yeah. I, I, I feel like it's one of the a newer arena, but um, okay, the way you said it, <laughs> is it Montreal? Like the it's way the you Bell said Center, it, the way yeah. you said it, okay. Yeah, 100%. Second place is Rogers Place with 13%. Which Bell is Center new. is 39. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it's fair. I would have picked Rogers Place, right? Because that's in that's the one in Edmonton. It is, yes. Okay. Uh, it's it's it, obvious. I remember. Um, I think it was Don Cherry talks about like this is obviously a different arena, but he talks about like um playing in all those crappy barns to play on the silky smooth sheet of the Montreal Forum. Yeah. So obviously they would then continue that and have the best size of the Bell Center. Um, yeah. Second place Rogers Arena. Fourth place was Winnipeg. I mean, you know they they know how to take out uh, take care of ice in Winnipeg. Obviously, uh, Las Vegas was fourth. Uh, Minnesota was fifth and sixth was the garden, which is interesting. Okay. Yeah, sure. Which player do you least enjoy playing against, but would like to have on your team? 
Um, is number one Tom Wilson? Uh, no, he's third. Oh wow! You're gonna I be shocked by number two ahead of Tom Wilson. I'll tell you, that. you're gonna be shocked. Okay, so is uh, oh man, like I know one of them is Brad Marchand. Like one or he, two has he, to be Brad Marchand. Number, your boy. What do you think Marchand is? Uh, he's got to be. I think he was. I thought he was two, but uh, is he Not, one? He's number one. Number two so is David. Okay, uh, which I get it makes fair. sense. But he's not a rat bastard. He's just that, really good. That's yeah. That's the thing. I guess I I was thinking of it the wrong way. But that's a that's a good shout, McDavid. No one ever talks about him like like that. No, that uh, Hedman four and then McKinnon five. Uh, who is the best current women's hockey player? Um, this was a, a significant margin. Win by who, by twenty three percent. Yeah, yeah, it's Marie Philippe. Yeah. Um, and then Hillary <laughs> Knight got twenty percent. Then Amanda yeah. Kessel. Uh, Kendall Coin Schofield, then Sarah Nurse. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Okay, off ice stuff. Um, which is the best NHL road city to spend an off day? At? Oh, it's got to be Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, then Vegas. it's New York, then it's Fort Lauderdale in Florida, then LA, then Nashville. Um, okay. Which player do you think could make it in another sport? I don't know how many people would get this, but the, the answer, you're going to hear it. And if you watch the All-Star Weekend properly, you won't be surprised by this. It's very close to all of them, but number one is... I'll give you a hint. He'd be really good at golf, apparently. I'll give you a hint. He had a really good time at the All-Star game. I was like gonna, he, was, he was having a good time. Oh, uh, um, Jack Hughes? No, Joe Pavelski. Apparently, uh, I don't when know. You said, <laughs> when you said golf, I was going to say Phil Kessel, but I don't think he was at the All-Star game. So. No, and uh, he is he is not on here. I, it's it's very it's just a lot of golf guys. Um, yeah. Those are the only ones for off ice now. Player personality, mm. um, best hair in hockey. I, it, it's it's Cody Eakin. John Merrill is fourth. Okay, Michael Pizzetta is not on this, and I think that's a travesty. Eric Carlson's only third, which oh, is yeah, just I, thought, I, I, I think because he probably cut Carlson. it right. Yeah. Um, which NHL player do you think is the best follow on social media? Current NHL player? Yes. Uh, I was going to say Roberto Luongo, but um, I mean, yeah, he probably up there. He's nasty too. If we count. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's PK. Right. Okay. You. Know, that's fair. I just then Matthews is second. I forgot. I didn't think about PK. That was yeah. Marshan third, Huberto fourth for some reason. Um, this is a good one that I kind of like, and it is the second last one, but the last one is is kind of weird. Uh, which NHL player is the best role model? I mean, I would say, I'd say, I'd say Patrice Bergeron. It's second with nine point eight. Okay, is the. I, I want to say the first one to be Crosby, but I feel like that one might be wrong. 42.7% for Sidney Crosby. So I'm right. So what I've heard from, uh, I don't have sources, obviously. You know, from everything you hear about Crosby is yeah. not only is he just a professional who never takes a day off, but apparently he's a really good dude, like a genuinely great person. So I'm not surprised to see Crosby so high up. And seeing Bergeron at second makes that Melnick article about, I don't think I was here for it, right? I think I was sick. 
Yeah. The part that really made me mad um, was when he was taunting Patrice Bergeron. Like, it's Pat. Who are you that taunt Pat? It's, come on. It's Pat. Don't disrespect Patrice Pat. That's just rude. McDavid was third and Marc-Andre Fleury fourth. I don't know because he's a prankster. Uh, The last one, which non-NHL athlete would you like to trade places for a day? Um, Take a guess. I mean, it's it's, the top five are all pretty well-known guys. Which non-NHL athlete? Athlete would you like to trade places with for a day? Tom Brady. Uh, Yeah, he was. It was that was that number one. It was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That I did not know. I would guess, guess number would, two. Um, LeBron. think of the goal, the uh, the sport that NHLers seem to be obsessed with. Uh, Tiger Woods. It was Tiger, yes. <laughs> then LeBron, then Roger Federer, then Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Roger Federer is in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's better tennis. than uh than who was the one who who is it was it Novak. Who yeah, wasn't getting vaccinated or something, and then he got Djokovic. Yeah, Djokovic. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's it for the PA stuff. That was oh. fun. I'm surprised they didn't just do best overall player. They've changed it up a bit. That was to see a little dull. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, we're over it. Um, okay. Looking around the league, beliefs have signed Hobie Baker winner Dryden McKay, the goaltender. Uh, the Hobie Baker winner, but not the best goaltender in the NCAA. Never forget <laughs> because yeah. it's a weird league. Uh, now, for those of you who don't know, there was some sort of people were thinking PED thing to do with McKay. Uh, it's a bit of a complicated story. Do some research on it, but it, it feels like it's definitely not this kid's fault. Um, there's a bit of question as to suspensions with him. I think he got a short term one. Was it six months? Uh, four months. Four months. So people should go look that up. Um, I think he is eligible to return to the NCAA. So it looks like there's some understanding because I think normally he would have received a lifetime ban. But a good prospect goaltender, I don't think we can sit here and say how good he's going to be because goaltenders are weird. Um, But, you know, obviously there's been criticism with the Leafs about developing goaltenders, a.k.a. the last one they did was Reimer and then all that sort of question. So it's always not a bad thing to go and get a Hobie Baker winning goaltender. Yeah, and and their um, their I guess goaltending depth or goaltending prospect depth is not great. Uh, obviously, Ian Scott, Joseph Wall, and both those, especially with Ian Scott, uh, you know, obviously he missed that full year and a bit uh, with an injury. Joseph Wall's kind of been. He's also been injured on and off, and and I think they have two guys in Russia right now. So again, a lot of uh, see it feels like a lot of unknowns mm. um and not that like i mean again like you said even with uh, mckay it's going to be uh unknown too because it's a goalie um so again it's not the worst thing to have another goaltending prospect mm-hmm. remember uh, it won't really matter when hellebuck or gibson reliefs next year maybe even you throw exactly. robin leonard into that mix <laughs> Exactly. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Trust me. Um, The Caps game, they come back. Okay. Listen, you need overtime to beat the Capitals without Alexander Ovechkin. No, no, no. Um, He was was there for half the game. Was it a trip on Ovechkin? Um, I mean, it looked like a trip. 
it, like, I mean, okay. Are you asking me if it was a trip or are you asking me if it was malicious? Let's separate the conversation because that happens. Both those conversations because first. both those conversations happened within one, and then it doesn't really make sense. That doesn't really do anything. So yes, if you're asking me if a trip, I'd argue yes, it is a trip. Mm. But it wasn't meant to hurt him. It wasn't meant. I to don't take think out it was. Alex I don't think it was. It didn't seem to me like it was malicious. Did it seem to you like he went for the poke check? Yeah, his stick went, I guess, up, which. It was a freak accident to me. Right. Like, I I don't think it was. Yes, it was a trip. It should have been a two minute. In those instances, like goaltenders are so focused on the puck. I think they rarely try and go after players. Who was it earlier this year that clipped a guy? Aaron Dell. Aaron Dell. Beside him, I think Robin Leonard occasionally. Like, like Carey Price is notorious for giving shoves and slashes, but he doesn't, you know. Well, ex- excluding what he did to Ben Lovejoy a couple of years ago when he was punching him with his blocker. We won't talk about that. Um, that was Petrie's fault to begin with. Um, yeah, you don't really ever see in that scenario in that play. Uh, it was Shalgren, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it purposely being uh, as it was. Um, the Detroit game was meaningful because Austin Matthews, once he hit 59, you kind of, when he scores, he feels like he always scores a pair. He hits 60. Um, yeah. I got I mean, it spoiled for me. Yeah. So, okay. Tell, that, tell story? that story. So, I I mean, I've definitely brought it up on the podcast before, but for oh, yeah. some magical, magical reason, my television is 20 seconds behind. So, <laughs> so when I'm watching games with you or when we were watching them with you and Mike, I'd always be 20 seconds behind. So the goal was always um, spoiled for me. But recently, it's been okay. Like, you know, for some of the Sportsnet app or the the Score app and uh, the Leafs app is is also delayed too. So I wasn't getting that that delay or that's me being spoiled. But last night, when Matthew scored 60, Elliot Friedman right away tweets, Matthew's 60 or something along those lines. And he hadn't scored on my TV yet. So I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, oh, I was just so disappointed. I like, I'm like, I just want to experience something nice for once. But yeah, no, it was uh, great that great that he scored 60. Only leave to score 60 ever. That is so weird to think of. Well, that's uh, th- that's what happens when you're owned by a monster. Uh for the back half of the 1900s. Oh, that is a very good, it. very good way to describe <laughs> it. Is the way I put it. The monster. <laughs> By a monster. But yeah, I, again, we've had that discussion. Greatest leaf of all time. Like, even if he doesn't win anything, like, uh, like if he doesn't win a cup with the uh, Leafs, I still think he's the, the greatest leaf of all time. He'll have what? This will be a second rocket. He'll yeah. be in the contention for the heart if he wins it or not. He'll probably be in contention for the heart for a couple more years. Like we we said it last year, where it's like, oh, there's no way he's going to be able to score at the same rate again. And he did. So it feels it would feel like misleading to say, oh, he can't score at that same rate again because he did it against all the goalies. Uh-huh. Um, 
So yeah, and and again, hit he hit a hundred points, which he's never done. Which again, that was also that also felt weird to say, but he he hit a hundred points too. You know, you know what was really weird the other day. Stamkos hit hundred points for the first time. I'm like, really? That caught me off guard. Because oh man, injuries killed. <sighs> that, yeah, I know that that's something we'll always talk. But when he retires, I. <laughs> You know, we always talk about Ovechkin, but Stamkos could could score a boatload of goals. And I, I wonder if, and uh, this is hindsight, but, you know, if he didn't have those injuries, I wonder if we're having a conversation where Stam, okay, Stamkos won't have, wouldn't have had as many goals as Ovechkin, but I think the pace he would have scored at would, would be similar. And we're having that conversation as well. I'm going to get up his numbers quickly because I, I, well, he's definitely over 400 goals. I wouldn't be surprised if he was over 500 by now. I want to quickly double check that because like Stamkos was, was obviously one of the big goal scoring guys. Like he's not even at 500. So yeah, without injuries, I think he'd be chasing six, like hundred sure. percent. It's sure. very strange. He needs um 22 goals to hit 500. Which he will do. He's obviously yeah. he's still over point per game. It's insane oh, to yeah. think of too. Like how many eighty-two and, game seasons has he had? And the and the other thing too with with Stamkos is you know kind of the the first year they won the cup in the bubble where he was pretty much injured the entire time except for that one shift. One shift. And and he scored on that shift, but the conversation around it was, oh, do the do the Lightning need Stamkos? Yes. And it's like, guys, he's their like, he's their captain, which obviously means something. But it's not like he's a, he's just deteriorated as a player. Like, hey, hey, guess what? You, that final series against Montreal, he was pretty good. He was, yeah. he was pretty good. Yeah, they, they, yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. They don't need him. I guess, like, they, I guess, they won it without him, but don't underestimate his value to that team. He might not be first line center. That might be Braden point spot. He might not even be a center. He might be their second line winger, but don't underestimate his value to that team. Under point scores don't grow on trees. Right. Even this year was scoring up. And like, I think it was what Jason Robertson was the 14th 40 goal scorer this year last night. Like, oh my. Okay. We're, we're doing good this year. Stories to keep an eye on when you look at the Leafs season finale against the Bruins this week um, on Friday. Um, Martyrs three points away from 100, I believe. Yeah. Um, I believe Tavares needs a hat trick for 30. I think Nylander's like three points from 80. I was just looking at maybe some like highlight events that could be happening. Marner, he's probably not going to hit 40 goals. He need, otherwise, he, he needs to have a five-goal performance. Nice Timo Meyer game to have, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I doubt he scores. I doubt he scores five. I'm I'm at that game, and now everyone obviously now that they've clinched second um, in the division and have the wonderful opportunity of playing Tampa Bay in the first round. It's like oh, I love it. Um, everyone's talking about uh, you know oh who are they going to sit? I'm like how about you sit nobody? How about that? Okay, I'm going to this game. I'd like to see some see some nice hockey. <laughs> Realistically, like there is no reason that Matthew should play the Bruins. I doubt Matthews uh, or Marner. I'm not Matthews. I'm Matthews or Tavares play. That wouldn't. Uh, it's just going to be a cluster of different players. Abersazy, Kerfoot, Nylander, first line. Yeah. 
That's how yeah, I pretty see much. happening. Okay. The Habs, uh, going to that Bruins game. Um, so what's really funny is as we were finishing up the show, uh, my family were obviously watching the uh, the pre-show and the sort of lead up to, to that game. And as we were wrapping up, I heard the applause start. I went downstairs, got a drink. The applause was still going. I stood at the top of the stairs going to my basement. The applause was still going. Over 10 minutes, the applause for Gila through by the Bell Center. Um, the tribute was amazing. They played my way, which is uh, fantastic. I've watched it back a few times, and I've cried a few times watching it. Um, literally, there is no place on earth like the Bell Center. Uh, how freaking special. Um, shout out to Michelle Lacroix afterwards tweeting, obviously the uh, in arena voice of the Habs saying, I would have been disappointed if you didn't interrupt me. <laughs> He tried three times to settle the Bell Center crowd down. Um, I think so. I think they were saying when the forum closed, the ovation was 14 minutes. Koivu's return from cancer was seven minutes. And Lafleur is at 10. Uh, shout out to Brendan Gallagher, not letting the Habs off the ice until they had went under his banner. D. Lafleur's and gave a final salute. Beautiful moment. Uh, yeah, no, he's the captain. Make him the captain. Make him, make him the captain for that. Make him the captain. Um, we, we gotta talk about that too. I think we can get to that in a second. Because yeah. I think we we talk about Weber, talk about Weber, because that's been going around lately. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, did you see that penalty shot call? Not just not the attempt itself, but the penalty they called to make it a penalty shot. I I, I didn't actually. Funny enough, I saw the penalty attempt before I even heard about the penalties. <laughs> Let's so, see if I can find it. Oh, it was such a bad officiating too, because like they what? missed a NHL two man call towards towards the end of the game. So Hoffman turns over the puck because of course he does, but he does a great job getting back and stopping the attempt. It's no yeah. penalty, and then they make it a penalty shot. Like the guy wasn't even. If you wanted to like try and argue a hook, uh, you would have been wrong. But he wasn't even clear. It wasn't a penalty Sorry. shot. Yeah, no, I did see it. I did. I did see it. You're right. Um, yeah, no, that was. I did not think that was a penalty. And then that, I think that caught Eric me off guard. It, yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. Eric the Howell. Bell it caught me well. off guard. It caught me off guard that they called that a penalty. <laughs> and then Eric Howla on the shootout attempt misses the puck and has to skate back. He doesn't touch it like Marche yeah. did a couple right, years ago right. in the shootout, so it counts. But like, like, come on, <laughs> what are we doing? On a night about Guy Lafleur, the rest made it about themselves. I so I I did I heard about the penalty shot the next day. Um, I went into I had gone into work and someone's someone was like, "Oh, did you see that penalty shot last night?" I'm like, "I thought they were talking about like uh, the Vegas uh, Vegas and San Jose." I'm like, "No." It's like, yeah, he just completely skated over the puck. I'm like, that's hilarious but like really the the jake evans embellishment even worse even worse like like, what like evans gets pulled to the ground it's like embellishment no it wasn't embellishment it was awful um uh greatest refs right greatest refs they're awful it's it's amazing so um carrie price did apparently travel with the team to new york not to play but to see his surgeon the same surgeon who operated on his knee Apparently it was a scheduled appointment, but they thought, you know, he's going to new, the team's going to be in New York. Why not send it? Apparently price still plans on playing on the Friday finale of the season for the abs. 
um hopefully but i'm i'm worried still i can't help but worry about it because he didn't obviously he wasn't playing against the bruins he wasn't even the right. backup marty st louis said it was rest but i i'm still worried about it no i get i get where why you're worried i guess from their perspective the way i would look at it is you gotta i i, I think you have to ear on the side of caution a little bit mm. Like, especially with Price coming back after uh, a pretty much a full season, um, almost 280 days or something. Right. 280 days. Uh, and, and it being a knee injury to uh, plus uh, everything else that had happened and his age and, and, and stuff like that. I would also ear on the side of caution a little bit too. So I get it from their perspective. And obviously they're not going to tell us the entire truth. <laughs> it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's sports and they don't, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay. So after that game, like Nick Suzuki had like this thing of self-reflection, never taken a day off of like never sort of taken a, never take advantage of a day being a Montreal Canadian, right? And, People are talking about me. He's the captain. Maybe Joe Ledmondson. There's Brendan Gallagher who's been the talk before. Um, it's been a very big hot topic this year that Shea Weber has not been around. And I understand it to a point. He wasn't at the home opener. He was at Pecorine's retirement for Nashville. He wasn't apparently there for the Guy Lafleur stuff, but apparently he reached out to the family. Um, I think somebody pointed out. Um the only time I think we've seen him is when he showed up for that one game to like do his medical thing. And there was a clip of him kicking the ball around with the the fellows. He like did one kick and then that was it. I understand people being upset. Um, And this, I I get it because it's, it's his career ending. I don't think it's the exact same thing as Carrie price because Carrie price went into rehab this year. Um, Maybe unpopular opinion here. I know Eric Angles even talked about it. Um, I think the team have put Weber in a difficult situation here right. because he has still been named captain. Um, but at the same time, how do you say we're stripping him of it? It's it's a very unwinnable situation, but I don't think it would hurt Weber to show up for one thing. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I, I agree with like, again, I think similar to Eichel, like <clears throat> I think both sides can be right here. Like I think he, he probably should be here a little more uh, than he has been, but at the same time, we're now at two different uh, management groups who have kept him as captain. And it doesn't mean it just because you take, let's say you take Weber's captaincy away, doesn't mean you have to give it to someone right away. Right. Like that's not the, the that's not how it works. Like you don't have to have a captain. Um, and the leaders who are in the room are going to be the leaders in the room. Uh, it, it, that's, it's not going to uh, change that. So, I get why people are mad at Shea Weber, but again, this is a second management group in within that time period where they could have taken the captaincy away, which sounds harsh, but if you're not going to be a part of the team, then take that letter away. You're right. It sounds very weird that he's still captain, or at least in my eyes it is. 
like it's, it's so difficult to because it's always been there's been the rumor of how we want a captain like the new group have the new group have mentioned it i don't think bergevin ever mentioned it because it was so early in the season and you, you probably can't do it then but the new group has mentioned that they want to name a captain for next year but they're going to be patient with it and they have candidates is it such a bad thing to just name a gallagher captain now like, listen, here's the problem, too, is is it's just different being the captain of the Habs. It's just it, it just is. There's yeah. a lot more responsibility. And we saw what happened with, with Max Patch already in that. Um, but it's just like like Carey Price did that media availability. Remember, in the middle of his recovery, when people were yeah. kind of questioning, maybe it's going to be it. Um, even the game he missed, that was like the Indigenous Children's Night. Um, he at least did a video package. You can go the Pecorino thing, but you can't just record a message for Habs fans. Like, I, you don't have to tell me the ins and outs of your injury, but I do. And this, this is, um, I, I unpop. This is the unpopular opinion. Not that the team put them put them in a bad position, because I think that's pretty fair to say. I think there is an expectation for Shea Weber to at least say something, because you are still technically the Habs captain. Is there fault to the Habs, the organization themselves? Absolutely, but. Dude, you made a public appearance this year. You did. So that like, and I get like him and Pecorino had that charity together. Obviously, you know he was a big part of Nashville and all that. But you know, you you went to the finals with this team a few months ago, man. Like, um, it's just uh, it's 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 not a winnable situation. But like, listen, I think it's like, couldn't you name captain next year? Because I don't know if Suzuki is quite ready for it. Like you don't want. I still maintain it's difficult to make him captain the same year his contract kicks in, right? Because the expectations are that much worse. Or higher. And we've seen that done before. <laughs> oh, it's Jack Eichel. Uh, so, so, like uh, right, uh, but okay, maybe uh, okay. Do you have to have a captain next year? Is that a necessity? Because if you still have. Brendan Gallagher, right now, who are the leaders in that room and who are talking to the media every single time? So the official A's are yeah. Suzuki, yeah. Gallagher, Byron, who's had it for a couple of years now, yeah. and Edmondson. Right? Um, right. So like yeah, Gallagher is always sort of right there, but I, it's weird that they haven't. You think if they had, they gave it to Weber over him, it makes you think, can, would they still do it? Because if you make Edmondson captain, there's a chance that by the end of that contract, he could be gone. And then maybe Suzuki is ready for it. When if you give it to sure. Gallagher, not to mention, if you give it to Gallagher, there's a real chance that you may have to probably buy out or cap dump your captain in the future because yeah. the way he's been playing. Now, let's see when he gets a full summer and he is able to train his body up in that, but. Yeah, do you really want to end it with Gallagher like that with the C on him? Probably not. He doesn't deserve that. He no. doesn't deserve to have that messy like, an ending. It, if you if if it's a necessity to have a captain, then yeah, sure. Go. I, I think that Joel Edmondson route um seems to make sense. How many he has what two years left? I think or it's three. after this season. I think it is. Let me double check. But after this year, I think it's two years. So you have two years left. That gives a buffer period, I guess, essentially for Suzuki to um, 
continue to mature and continue to grow as a leader in that room, surrounded by even more um, stronger leaders, uh, veterans who have been in the game for a long time. But I don't know, maybe I just, I'm maybe I'm seeing it differently. I just, I don't see why you, you wait the year, the full year or the two years still have Suzuki as captain, still have Gallagher, uh, Byron, if he's still there and Edmondson, as assistants and then give the, the, the captain um, captaincy to Suzuki instead of saying, well, we need a captain. So we'll give it to Joel Edmondson. I I, I don't know if I'm making sense. By the way, it is two years after this. Okay. Like it also, it also makes sense. He may end up not being re-signed at that point because of the number of young defensemen they have coming through the system. He might just get pushed out. Right. Um. But yeah, it's it's um it's weird too. There's another sort of point of a guy who can handle it, and who else in the market beside Price obviously can handle it and knows what it is besides Gallagher too. Like it's another point for Gallagher is he's the second longest tenure tab on the team. It it's um and I do think it is necessary to have a captain. Like you just have to in Montreal. Um, it's a very, it's, it's, a, it's a cliche, but it's just a difficult to like, is there a right answer? Is there a wrong answer? I don't know, I don't know man. I don't know. Um, but Hey, um, it's a good problem to have as, as well. Like you've a few candidates, right? You know, That's not the worst get, issue. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. I mean, maybe they signed Bergeron to make him captain. Cause that's, that's going to happen. Just watch, just watch Pat coming home. Gotta love Pat. By the way, shout out to Bergeron choosing to play that Bruins game. Um, sorry, that Habs Bruins game. So apparently, uh, he was a- he was asked if he wanted to take the night off, and he's like, you know, for the Mister Lafleur, I want to play tonight. Obviously, Quebecois, Mister Bergeron. Yeah. So I'm sure he would have a little before Pat's time, but still, he would appreciate it. Um, okay, um, we did that. Okay, so Russia have a fair apparently uh, like officially lost the 2023 World Championships. The IIHF a little late on that, um, but it's happened, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily the the most surprising thing to happen, considering the situation and the possibility of escalation. Uh, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to host. Um, a hockey tournament uh, in what could potentially be a war zone. Like, you know, you yeah. know what I mean? That's not safe. Uh, Cause I think something sim- like something uh, not exactly similar happened a few weeks ago uh, in formula one. Now I don't remember where exactly it was, but there was bombs going off extremely close by. And there was, de- there was a discussion that needed to be had amongst the drivers themselves, um, whether or not they should race, they ended up racing. But again, I guess in this case, we're looking uh, about a year and a couple months in advance and saying, okay, maybe it's not the safest place to play at the moment. Was it Saudi Arabia? I believe so. Yeah. yeah, But they were like, ah, we have anti-missile stuff in the on, on the, around the track and it's like i don't like this um bokui mama who unfortunately we know as a guy who has been to a target of two different racial 
sort of slurs and actions over the past couple of years. There was a Brandon Manning one a couple of years ago. I can't recall who made the gesture to him this year, um, but a good story with him. He got called up by the Coyotes. He's played a few games and off a really nice Alex Galchenyuk pass, uh, who is not playing center, by the way, even with all the, the stuff that's gone wrong there. Uh, Bokri Mama with his family in the crowd got his first career goal. Uh, really, really nice story that I don't think was being talked about enough, um, but I'm really happy for that guy because he freaking deserves it. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's always a, a good story uh, to to see something like this happen. Alan Walsh client, by the way. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you should mention on the agent provocateur. If I'm surprised he doesn't already. do an episode where he just talks about his clients. Sean Jersey, good year, by the way. I know. Did you know Martin Furk has the hardest shot? God, yeah. I, <laughs> why have they never brought him to an all-star game just to do that? Because it's the NHL that would require creativity and the willingness to have fun. How about the willingness to change as well? Like how we should change the Masterton. Uh, so the Masterton trophy, you know, uh, awarded annually to, the, to uh, the athlete who perseveres and, and whatnot, things of that nature. Uh, Robin Leonard won it, obviously, for his battles of mental health and that. Um, it, it's weird because some years a great story like that happens. And then other years, Yager wins it because he's old and kept playing. Um, so fun fact, Alex, do you know who won the 2002, sorry, the 2001-2002 Masterton was? Um, I could get the years wrong, but was it Mario Lemieux? No, it was, uh, I believe it was Saku Koivu. Again, that's 2001, right. 2002. Do you know who won the 2011, 2012 Masterton Trophy? Former Hab, Hab at the time, Max Pacioretty did. Oh, really? So every 10 years, because there was a season oh, after he comes off and breaks his neck. So every 10 years, the Habs seem to win the Masterton. Um, okay. So here are the nominees this year, and there is a bigger point. Uh, every team has their own guy. Uh, Anaheim gets Lab, Arizona, Andrew Ladd, Boston, Jake DeBrusque. That's awkward. Uh, Buffalo, Ocposo, Calgary, Chris uh, Tanev, Carolina, Antiranta, Chicago, Dylan Strome. That's weird. Uh, Colorado, Jack Johnson, Columbus, Justin Danforth, Dallas, Tyler Sagan, Detroit, Mark Stone, Edmonton, Chris Russell, Florida, Duclair. Los Angeles, uh, Blake Lazat, Minnesota, Jared Spurgeon, Montreal, Carey Price. Uh, by the way, shout out to uh, their entry being in French and English. Nashville, Mark Borrecki, uh, the Devils, Heischer, the Islanders, Chara, the Rangers, Chris Kreider, Ottawa, Antoine Forsberg, Philadelphia, Kevin Hayes, Pittsburgh, Brian Boyle, St. Louis, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, San Jose, Brent Burns, Jaden Sports for Seattle, Tampa, Alex Glorin, Toronto, Andre Kasha, Vancouver, Luke Shen, Vegas, Jack Eichel, Winnipeg, Josh Morrissey, Washington, Nicholas Backstrom. Okay, so here's the problem every year with the Masterton. Um, is that you got to choose one winner. So let's just go through a few of these, right? Jack Eichel had to fight to get the surgery he wanted in an 11-month absence uh, before finally being able to play. Okay, that's one thing. Andre Kasha, who has fought through so many concussions. Um, keep going, keep going. Brian Boyle, who actually, I think, missed a year, previously the guy who kicked cancer's ass. Kevin Hayes, who played through and is getting over the death of his brother. Um, keep going, keep going, keep going. Char is a bit weird because he's he's just old, so yeah. it's like, why is that the same? Carey Price, who hadn't played in over 280 years and went through rehab. 
Um, and you have to choose one of them to and, say, hey. And Backstrom, too. Backstrom was out for a was hip surgery. Yeah. So it's a little. Um, it's a little. Uh, I don't like the idea of, of you almost rank it. It's like, hey, there. So let's say it goes to Hayes. It's like, ah, do you know what? It was good, but it's just, it's just you know what? Carrie, what you went through wasn't as bad. It's the kind of guy, you went through the worst experience and went through them. I just, why do we not just award it to a member of each team? I can't stand it. Because yeah. I have Flyers fans and Hats fans being like, my player went through more than yours did. It's like, this is not the discussion to be Yeah, at. we had that same thing, I think. Well, we have it Oscar Lindbaum. Uh, we had Oscar yeah. Limbaum last year, but two years ago, Bobby Ryan, Stephen Johns, Oscar Limbaum. Oh. It's Bobby Ryan, obviously coming back, who also entered the the um, NHL assistance program. The NHL assistance program. Stephen Johns, who I think came back from uh, con- with a con- came back from a concussion after experiencing plenty of symptoms, and Oscar yeah. Limbaum, obviously, uh, for coming back from cancer. Hit cancer's ass. Yeah. So like. Those are all three very well deserving nominees, and yeah. one of them won. It's just a brew. I, I, yeah, I hate it every year. Like, I, I don't even know what am I supposed to say? Like, okay, Carrie Price beat out these two guys. It's just, I feel weird saying that. Like, it's just not fair to anybody. I saw someone saying Price has only played like three games. I'm like, do you not understand the principle of it? Like, it's like, like, is it's the idea of he actually played, which was the great story. Eichel, neck surgery. That half the league didn't want him to get. Again, Hayes lost his brother and came back. And you know, he the Flyers haven't been great, but Hayes had a decent year. Yeah. Um, it's just I I don't I don't uh every year there needs to be an adjustment to the Master Ten. Needs to be an adjustment. Okay. Alex, I wanted to quickly steal something from 32 Thoughts, which they've been doing, and I kind of am upset that we didn't think of doing this. As teams have been eliminated, they've been looking through um, how their seasons have gone and kind of what's next. So I thought we could do a very condensed version of that quickly as okay. I get the standings up. I hate when you look them up on Google because it doesn't show you the wild card. So you've got to go <laughs> to NHL.com. The best website um, in the world. We can go to league overall and start with last place. It's the Habs. We can actually, you know what? We'll wait for Sunday because we care more about the Leafs and the Habs and other teams on the show. So we can do a nice season debrief then. Sure. Why would you a playoff preview for the Leafs? Uh, the Coyotes. Um, I mean, it's really just going to be seeing who they can sign going to ASU. I guess we're waiting to see what's happening with Tempe. Yeah. And, you know, keep doing what I guess uh, Bill Armstrong did this year and over the summer, acquire assets, draft picks and things along those lines. That's the direction they're going. Probably the same thing as Seattle, then just keep drafting properly. Yeah, and maybe like find out what's wrong with your goaltending. Maybe your coach as well. Maybe not Mr. Hackstall. Maybe I don't think he's the option. I cannot wait to see who Philly overpay for in the offseason. Yeah, there are two teams this offseason where I'm like, there's going to be, it feels like it just, there's this feeling in the air that there's going to be some serious changes. Yeah. And they're one of them. Is the other Winnipeg? Yeah. Okay. Because okay. I look at every other team and it's like, well, they're either going through a rebuild and stuff or they're like about to enter a rebuild. Cough, cough, Chicago. 
Um, so, uh, so I just, those yeah. two teams feel like they're going to make changes. Um, New Jersey need a goaltender. Jesper Bratt's a big question there, but uh, they need a goaltender. They need Mackenzie. Uh, they need healthy Mackenzie Blackwood. I think that relationship was, did he change agencies? I believe he did. Uh, uh, the Blackhawks, I think if they're going full rebuild, the big question this off season, it's probably Taves and Kane. I'm they, interested to see what that, how that ends. They could get a pretty penny for Patrick Kane. I don't know oh, yeah. much. I don't know for Jonathan Taves as much. That's a, that's a tough one, but Patrick Kane, like he's still over a point per game. He's, I'm just pulling up his stats real quick. He has 26 goals. He has 92 points in 76 games. You ever seen his war card from JFresh? No. How it's like, it's in the red, but then you look at his micro stats and you're like, what? He, the model just doesn't apply. To, do you know how like Steven Stamkos was the first player to say shooting percentage doesn't matter to me? Yeah. It's like Patrick Kane looks at the war charts and says, I don't care. I mean, yeah. he doesn't play defense, but you know. Yeah. Also uh, helps playing also next. A- Helps playing next to Alex DeBrincat, who's potting 40 goals a year. That is true. That is true. <laughs> um, and unlike DeBrincat, Kane is not a good person. Uh, the sense. Maybe. Uh, yeah, take a step. Maybe the rebuild will be over next year. Oh, uh, we, we hope so. Detroit got a little better this year, but they're still 25th. <laughs> um, they need a goaltender, too. Yeah. Uh, man, Detroit is, is, a, is a weird one because they've definitely taken steps forward i think you look at uh the impact that raymond uh, lucas raymond and cider have had and you look at you know it's steve eiserman so everything he does is right yep is it's bound to be be good eventually Sigmar's had a good year at 24th place <laughs> nah i don't want to rip on them too much they just need to people. i'm interested to see how they play next year I don't. I, I don't have yeah. high standards, but I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're fighting for a wild card spot for a portion of the season. I think that's an expectation. I guess maybe the first part, uh, and and they'll die off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe like what New Jersey were this year, but maybe you hope they last a little longer. Hundred um, percent. Anaheim is probably going to be bad, like very bad. May especially if John Gibson's gone. That's the big question: is what does John Gibson want? Not not even just John Gibson. I'm I'm gonna Cam Fowler too. Like Cam it. Fowler has five or four more years left after this one. Mm-hmm. Like like you gotta think like I'm just looking. They have expiring guys next year too. They're in <laughs> trade. Like, and they're and it, well, I mean it's Derek Grant and uh and Kevin Shattenkirk. Oh, Derek Grant's getting traded and resigning them because he always does that with them. Yeah, like uh, that that's a. That's a weird team because you know we all thought they were going to do something this year or something. They'll be a lot better than they looked, uh, and then they ended up selling all those assets. Yeah, it's like um, okay, that's the that's the way we're going. San Jose need a goaltender. I mean, uh, no, they, the Ryan Reese, all right. Um, they need um they need a trade goaltender. They have three, don't they? Uh, they need a GM. And uh, like, what is the direction? Mark Edward Vlasic's feature is a big question. Is he going to get bought out? Um, but uh, what's the GM? Who's the GM? Yeah, that'll not be... Julian. Uh, no, not Julian. Breesbach. Not um, 
Matthew Josh. Not Matthew Josh. Not, not Matthew, Matthew Josh. Josh. I, I think the GM will answer a lot of questions. Like it, it's it's obviously they're not going to a rebuild. That's no, no. clearly not happening. But that that defense, that that's a lot of money. And the law of age. Guys. Yeah. A lot of age. Yeah. Uh, Columbus. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Just do you stay the course? Do you take a swing in the off season? You saw that you're starting to see the future there, but I'm like, yeah, like what do the what do I see Columbus? What do you see Columbus doing in the off season? It, it's just hard because again, and I think Kekalainen would admit this himself, where if you're gonna make if you're gonna try to take a swing, you're gonna have to pay a pretty penny. Uh, and I think they are, they have a couple things that they have to deal with already, which is what are you doing with Patrick Laine? Sorry. And what are you doing with Jonas Corposalo? It seems like Corposalo is out the door, but for me, I look at Laine and say, okay, what are you doing there? Because you kind of told Zacharensky or Zacharensky said, we're not doing a rebuild, even though you're kind of doing a rebuild, but rebuild. you're doing a rebuild. But if you lose Patrick Laine, like, a guy who can score like that does not grow on trees, despite what this year might tell us. He does not grow. They do not grow on trees. The Blue Jackets, I believe, are the team that can, if I can do my math properly. Um, I think they are the uh, hold on, let me, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, so no, they, they can't win the draft lottery. I think they're just out of range, which is unfortunate, but good for you know, we'll take it. The Islanders, Barlamov, maybe like, do they stay the course? They retry What's up with Barzell? It's interesting I, with the Islanders. I think they stay the course uh, just because like, yes, this year went completely off the rails, but I do think the arena and having to start your, your season for the first like what month away and yeah. then just throwing yourselves into a completely brand new arena. I think that does have an effect for these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they run it back. I'll take. Let's they miss the playoffs next year and Barry Trotz is fired. Jeez. Yeah. We'll, does we'll he speak French? I don't think. We got Marty. We're good. We're good. Uh, I don't think he does, but, you know, Barry. I don't want any more defensive hockey. I'm sick of that. Um, no more. I had to deal with that for a decade in Montreal. <laughs> Um, no, no, uh, the jets, I think we talked about the big question and Ellie Freeman mentioned this not too long ago that to keep an eye on what's going on in Winnipeg with Pierre Luc Dubois. And if he wants to resign long-term and if he doesn't, maybe they move him. Um, I'm interested to see, cause I don't think they can mess that up. And I, I wonder by the way, if he does move on, if, uh, if Montreal are, are in on that. Because I think uh, some people are saying they would be interested, but um, I wonder about that. Because if he doesn't want to stay there, like then what did you get? Where does he want to stay? Uh, Not Columbus. (laughs) And not Winnipeg. (laughs) I mean, not many people stay in either of those markets, right? So. I mean, okay. No offense, Winnipeg. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I guess, sure. I just, I really wonder what direction the Jets are going to move in in the offseason because they're in that stage where it's like they're clearly good enough or maybe not clearly, but I think they're good enough to make a playoff spot, Yeah. but then they're, then they don't. And they're this middling team and like, 
you already you have the player you have really good players there right you got Kyle Connor you got Nick Ehlers yeah you got Mark Shifley Blake Wheeler like Josh Morrissey Connor Hellebuck like what are we like we got to pick a direction watch them not do anything they're going to watch do, yeah it, they'll they think they'll be like the Calgary Flames which yeah. i mean sure might be possible but get a good coach yeah that helps steve nash may be available <laughs> we talk rivers different sport but we take um and finally the vancouver canucks we can't talk we we already talked about vegas but they're not officially yet but we talked about vegas vancouver could look pretty different yeah they they could. I, I mean, God, I hope they keep Bruce Boudreaux because that has seemingly worked. Uh, yeah, they've had their ups and downs, but it, it's it's not the same way of the ups and downs earlier this season under Jim Benning and Travis Green. It's a different set of ups and downs, if you if that makes any sense at all. I'd like to know their record with Boudreaux, like uh, the full season record at some point. I, I'd like to know what that is. Um, with, Boudreaux, with Bruce Boudreaux? Yeah. Like I'd like to know what it is because they're at 89 points right now. So they're two behind Vegas. Wow. Okay. So under Travis Green, they were 8, 15, and 2. Not not good. Not no, good. not good. Under Brudro, they are 31, 15, and 9. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Overtime on. They need to get rid of the pity point. Uh, that, <laughs> that's do. nine is a lot. Nine, nine is, is a lot. lot. Um, but yeah, no, they need to keep Bruce Bridger. I think that is uh, thing number one, in my opinion. I'm looking right now, and they have more regulation wins. The Islanders have more regulation wins than Dallas. That tells you a lot, doesn't it? That tells you a lot. Well, only one line in Dallas scores, right? Yeah, the first one. Okay, well. Um, so this Sunday will be special. Obviously, we get to do this the playoff preview for the least. We're probably not going to talk about the Bruins game because who cares about the Bruins game? Um, oh, Alex. Um, and then yeah, least preview, Habs season debrief, and get rid of the pain of the season once and for all. Uh, we'll do the end of season two and one podcast award show of prestige and honor. Uh, we'll figure out. I gotta remember what do we do? Like I, we had the Gordon Bombay power move. We had the embarrassing moment of the year. I'm actually gonna put those. The Gordon, Alex, do uh, would you like to say something? Some doing some right? Yeah, I can. Though? I can end the episode real quick. Sure. Um, thank you for listening to another episode of the Two On Podcast. If you enjoyed your time with us, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to rate on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, and if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and like the video. Um, where we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all love the, the TikTok. all yeah, love the TikTok. All the the uh, the links will be in the comments below, and and you know share with your friends, obviously. <laughs>